times in uh, the life of the church or through teaching or whatever where we might focus in on uh, a certain aspect of the Holy Spirit and uh, the Holy Spirit's work in our lives and the power of the Spirit and the gifting of the Holy Spirit. There's a time when we uh, might focus in on Jesus and his work on the cross. And, um, and then there are times where we focus in on, on God the Father. And this last week, we had a week-long school here, about 60 people, where we really focused in on uh, the love of God the Father towards us. And uh, it was just a, an awesome school, uh, a lot of people locally, but we had people from Toronto and even San Diego here for a week-long school. And um, we got to keep the tent for today for our potluck even. Yeah, we had our, <laughs> our meals out there. Um, but I think all of us were just really... Uh, challenged and transformed through just our experience together and through the teaching. Um, it was said at our school that, uh, you know, sometimes we, uh, we think we know what God's love is about. Um, you know, I know what God's love is about, <laughs> or maybe like I, I, I sense what God's love is about in my own life, but it's so much bigger than that. I mean, uh, the Bible says God is love, which means love is actually as big as God. Meaning we can never tap the depths of, of how much he actually loves us. I mean, it's like if I try to find like a little speck of, you know, sand here and, you know, uh, like this is how much we know of God's love compared to the vastness of this universe. And we're going to spend the rest of our lives, even on in, into, into eternity, just mining the depths of, of, of God's love towards us. And I think for most at the school... You know, that little speck of sand, you know, just puffed up a little bit uh, as we just explored uh, God's, God's love for us. And, um, and we want to spend some time sharing, just for those who are at the school, going to share some testimonies of, of what God uh, did in our lives, because it's important that we share what God is doing. Um, you know, the, the woman at the well in John 4, after Jesus, she had an encounter with Jesus, she goes off and she tells her village, uh, what Jesus did in her life, and it said that many in the village believed in Jesus because of her testimony. Uh, there's power in sharing our stories and what God is doing uh, for a number of reasons. One, when we share our story, often it, it, it just seals what God is doing in our own life. And there's something about speaking it out that, that just kind of makes it like this, this is really a reality. But, but also testimonies are very helpful for, for the community. For us as God's family uh, because there may be times in our life when we've been going through something and we've been struggling with something maybe for years and maybe we've been praying and hoping that God would move or something would break in our life and, and it's not and there are times that we, we may even just kind of give up we might not say we give up but we may have given up down deep down in our hearts and then someone comes along and they share a testimony that God did something in my life and that the same area that you're struggling with or, or God has delivered me and all of a sudden hope comes back. If, if God can do it in their life, then God can do it in me. Uh, testimonies can be very encouraging. Um, when Jesus uh, healed a demon-possessed man, uh, Jesus told this guy, he says, go back to your family and tell them what God has done. And in reality, th this is our family. Uh, we are called brothers and sisters God is our father, which makes us, us his kids. And just like maybe one of your kids or a family member comes home from a vacation, we say, you know, what happened? Tell me about what happened. And, 
And, uh, and we just had an experience here for a week, and, and uh, we're just going to share with our family a little bit about uh, some of the things that God did as an encouragement, maybe to give you hope in areas where that has died in your own life, to say, you know, God can do this in, in, in all of us. And so since I'm up here, I guess I'm going to go first. Um, and there are so many things. It was really, I had really high expectations for this week, and I was really excited for this week. And you know how sometimes when you're really excited about something and then you get there because you've been so excited, it's almost like a disappointment? Uh, that didn't happen for me. I was really stoked for it. And, uh, and the whole experience was even just more deep and more meaningful uh, than, than I ever uh, realized. And, and there are a lot of things that God uh, did in my own heart, and I'm excited to see where, where God takes that. But uh, most of the days, one thing we did was we just kind of sat in God's presence and just listened to music and just... Allowing the Father to love us and allowing the Father to speak. And, um, and I had this picture on one of those days of, of a person who was probably me. And, and they were carrying a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, stuff. I don't know. You could, it's a bunch of junk like this. And the picture was of this guy holding all this stuff. And then and of someone else coming along and, and, and trying to hug me as I'm holding all this stuff. Uh, this very loving person coming to try to just hug me, and I'm holding all this stuff, and they kind of tried to wrap their arms around me, and you know, I felt some of the hug, but I didn't feel the full hug, and then there was this whisper, just like, just, just let it, let go, uh, open up your arms, and you know, I let that go, and all of a sudden, I was able to feel the, the full embrace of, of this hug, and, uh, and God was just asking me, you know, there, there are things that you just need to let go of. And I don't know about you, but I tend to be more of an anxious person, and I tend to operate with sort of this mild anxiety <laughs> all the time. And, and God is just saying, you know, that comes from your desire to control. And for a, lot of, a lot of you would look at me and say you're probably the least controlling person ever, but my control is more of a sneaky, underlying kind of, kind of control, you know? <laughs> you know? I like to control people, especially when I see them not loving each other or not having peace between people. I just, try to, I just want to control that to make them love each other. And... And I think that's part of the result of this, this underlying anxiety. And, and so uh, God's just leading this place of greater surrender. Uh, that, you know, if, if, I mean, if I want to experience a greater touch of the love of God, you've got to just release what's in your hands. Uh, God is not the block. It's, it's, it's got to release. And, and the beautiful thing is that when you're holding on to stuff and you just let it go, you, your hands are actually now open to receive. And a lot of times we have a hard time receiving a greater measure of God's love because we're holding on to things. And our arms are full, and we want to control this in our life, and we want to manage this on my own. And, and God is just saying to me, just, Jesse, just release. And so I'm just excited about uh, living this, this new chapter and seeing what, what God is uh, doing in my life. And so what I'm going to do is um, just open up. We're going to have a mic here. And for those of you who've been uh, to the Father's Heart this week, you can come up here and share. And uh, if you want to be next, you can come sit here. Uh, but if you're willing to share, that'd be great. You can come up one to five minutes and share a little bit of your story and what God has, has done. Share with your family as a courage and hope. And so, Mike is over.
off by saying I apologize if some powerful words come out. They tend to happen when I'm excited and then my emotions are all stirred up. So for me, this A school, see they're coming. I had no expectations coming into it. I felt like this last summer was a season of stripping of me, stripping down to the very core of who I am. And it was very painful, very painful. And I know that everyone in here has experienced that. I'm not the only one. So before this A school, it was like I had a migraine, but it was all over my entire body and my soul. Like everything hurt. Everything hurt and it was awful. In my Christian walk, I've never been afraid of God. I've ranted at God. I use four-letter words with God all the time. Like that's not a problem for me. But I realized that vulnerability is a problem. Entering the A school, I was encouraging some men <laughs> to not worry about crying. Please cry in front of us. Please open your heart and let us see your vulnerability. Let us see who you really are. And I, and I was like, wait a minute. Uh, I, I think that's for me. <laughs> so, but, and then it, it went. And I knew that there was going to be an open sharing time. And I had these thoughts, what am I going to share? What am I going to share? Like, you know, when I became a Christian, before that, I like saw in black and white. It was like, you could still see, but it's black and white. I became a Christian. Oh, I can see in color. Everything's colorful. I'm great. I'm really great. And I come to this A school with no expectations, the lowest of the low that I have been in years, in absolute years, like ready to say, screw it. And all this love comes pouring in. It's like, what the heck? Like I thought I had that. Like wh what is this? What's happening here? I used to have pictures of God and I would be walking with God. I would be holding hands with God. He would be my, like, my partner, my sidekick. And during the A school for the first time, I could see his face.
So I'm standing in the back and I have this idea of what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say all these smart things from my head. I have all these like really intelligent things to say and God drops something in my heart. And I'm like, shit, are you serious? You want me to go up there and you want me to cry. And you want me to be vulnerable. And I mean, that's okay. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. Don't be afraid to come here and be vulnerable. This is a place of acceptance, of love. This is a place where we gather and we are people who listen. We are people who hug. If you can't do a hug, you high five. We're people who love the kids up front. We love the noise. We love the teenagers. We love that you come and just be. So stop hiding. And I'm speaking to myself. Stop hiding.
one into the other. Um, and I just couldn't, you know, I, I came to this church uh, five years ago and really like down on my knees, just like crushed by circumstances. I, I just, I couldn't, I could, it was clear to me that the path that I've been taking is still incorrect, just uh, a disaster. And I come in here and I, and I get some, I get some direct feeling, you know, I have to be careful what I ask for. Everything I ask for actually drops. You know what I mean? So like, I'm hurting. Everything hurts all over. Somebody puts their hands on me, says some words, like, walk out of here, you're not hurting. So I kept coming back. And I got to a point in my spiritual life where <clears throat> I understood that there, I understood that there's a higher power and that I'm not the one in charge and that <coughs> surrender is my next move. And so... When I look at my life, when I see it and feel it, what it looks like to me is a box of broken glass. And surrender to me means I'm just going to set it down. Because as I'm walking around life holding on this box of broken glass and I bump into anybody or I get shook by something, that glass bashes around and it hurts. And so surrender to me is just I'm just going to set it down right there. Nobody moves. Nobody gets hurt. I'm not getting involved with men anymore. I got it out. Nothing. So there's that box. <clears throat> and what happened to me in the A school is God picked up that box and he held it in his arms like it was the most beautiful gift he had ever received. <laughs> And people would come close, and they would take a little, they would ask, and they'd take a little look in that box, and they would look at some pieces and say, that's my favorite color. <laughs> and I have some of those same pieces in my box. And I'm at a point now where I'm so excited to see what we can make with this box of broken glass. There's all kinds of colors in there. <laughs> Father God as Papa. And when Richard came last year and spoke, and you know, beginning of this week, um, they called him Papa, that made me feel really uncomfortable. It was just way too intimate for me. And it was also very triggering because I'm Russian, and as a little girl, I called my father Papa. And um, Somewhere along the way, for various reasons, um, sorry, um, I stopped being a daughter. Kind of took on the attitude of a parent to my family members. And then later, when I realized that was too much, a bit more of like an orphan, just keeping an arm's reach, especially to my dad. 
for the longest time, I've struggled with anxiety my whole life. And I'm a psych major, so I've been on a mission to figure out how to fix it. <laughs> and you know, God has been pouring into me for so many years, but I haven't been able to hold on to his love. Maybe for a day or two or a minute or so, and then it's gone just out from under me. And so the first thing that, one of the first things that my father did for me uh, this week was restore my daughter heart. And I realized that anything else that comes against that is just a lie. Because we were all created and born as sons and daughters. Regardless of if you were abandoned at birth or you had the most perfect set of parents, by nature, who we are is we're sons and we're daughters. That's truth. So he put that truth in my heart and he gave me a daughter heart. And from there, he was able to build everything he needed to. That was my foundation. That is your foundation. You are all sons and you are all daughters. That's truth. Anything else is a lie. There are no such things as orphans. He is our father first and that will never change. Jaden, you are a son to your mother. You are a son to your father. You are a son to father God always. Um, and so why is that important? What does that mean? What does that mean for us? Well, this was the next big thing that I was just a total mystery to me before. I had no idea what that actually meant, why that is so important, why that's so great. And it's because sons and daughters receive. That's our role, not to protect, not to serve, not to be the ones in control, but just to totally receive in the same way that a little baby needs to receive from the one who loves them. Because when we receive, we bond. And when we receive his love, we grow. And when we receive his love, from all that, all abundance flows out. All of who we were made to be can be manifested. So for the first time in my life, I started to become comfortable to really receive from Papa. And you guys, it is so exciting about what can happen from that. Oh all those dreams that he's put in our hearts, it starts and it ends with just receiving his love. So just as his son and his daughter just received that service. I've been trying to think 
how do I actually put into words what happened in this last week? I even actually got to the point yesterday where I was thinking, you know, there's just no way I'm not going to stand up here. I'm not going to share. But since I left the, the school, it kind of feels like I've just had this huge turkey dinner. You know, when you've had this huge turkey dinner, you're just feeling full and you're satisfied and you're kind of tired. <laughs> but it's a good feeling. Um, there's so much that I think all of us that attended could really share. I mean, we could probably make our own week of school and just telling you everything. It's just so, so vast. But there's one thing that, to me, that really stood out that actually really sums up this whole week for me. And I'll see if I can put this in your mind as well. Um, it was the second last day. And when we're all together in this room and we're healing and we're dancing and we're crying and we're laughing, it gets pretty stuffy in here, pretty thick and hot. And so there was a half a dozen of us that decided, you know what, we're going to go to Crescent Beach. So there we went. And there was about, I think, three or four that had never been to, to Crescent Beach. But, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to go into this river. And I was observing all of this. And there they were standing looking at this river. I could feel, well, there was a little bit of, I'm not too sure what's going to happen. There was excitement. And there was that commitment as soon as they started walking. They jumped into that river, and the river floated them down to their destiny. And when they came out of there, and I know some people have pictures, the light in their eyes, the joy, I could even feel their heart beating. They went in again. And they went in again. They just wanted more. They wanted more. And so to me, that river was the Father. And when I started out, there were all of those feelings that they had standing by that river. And I first jumped in and I let him take me to the destiny. I kept wanting to go in more and more and more. And every time I jumped out, it got better and better and better. And the destiny, Father, his love, he pursues, he's there. It is so vast. Yeah, I think that about sums it up. <laughs> hey, everybody. Church family. 
and Leslie. Um, hmm. You know that song, um, I'd like to build the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honey bees and snow white turtle doves. You know that song? So I first saw that um, commercial on TV when I was probably seven years old. And I can distinctly remember it. I can remember the little peasant dress that I was wearing. And I remember seeing that and going, these are my people. They're singing my song. This is true. This is a great world that everything's good. And like dancing around and just knowing that. And it was like, well, you could think, oh, that Coca-Cola commercial had a really big impact on that girl. But it wasn't that. It was that that was reflecting a truth that was already seated in my heart. A truth that we're one. It doesn't matter what color we are. That we're meant to live in this beautiful garden. That we're fed by love. That we're meant to dance and hold each other's hands. That was, and when I knew that, I felt safe and like, yay, we're all here. We're all in this together. And, um, you know, and then the world beat the crap out of me. Right? I mean, my mama slapped me across the face and, and I hurt my best friend and then I lied and then I stole something and slowly by slowly, I learned that those dreams and that vision was silly and stupid and naive and that I better smarten up and uh, work hard and get rid of, of that silliness. And yet, you know, my whole life, wherever I go, you know, I see a mountain or who can live in this world and not know that there is a love? Like, who can see a baby or a beautiful flower or a mountain and, and not just fall on your knees and know that there's something bigger and more beautiful that is in us, right? But being unable to actualize that and do anything about it or have it heal almost killed me. And so then enter Jesus, and a lot of you guys know my testimony that he like completely saved me and came into me. And most of you know that I'm I'm pretty gung-ho about Jesus. He's my guy. <laughs> he's my guy. Me and Jesus, like, you know, he's my guy. I got a steady date. Um, so I came to the father's school and I was a little bit resistant. You know, like, well. I know Jesus and I love Jesus and are you telling me something more than Jesus? Because, you know, I don't know about that. And, you know, if there is any more, Jesus and the Father are one, so why do I need to know any more than that? And then, and then scripture upon scripture upon scripture upon scripture revealing that Jesus' entire purpose was to take me to the Father. His entire purpose is to take me there. He didn't just, Jesus died for you. That's not the end. He died to take me clean and fresh and newborn and whole into the love of who he is and who I am. So it was like for me, so I've dived into Jesus. I've been like, I am going wherever you take me. I will study. I will take this crazy wild brain that I've been given and I will use it for this and I'll work hard and, and you know, da, 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 da. And 
and it's been good. And he, he has been faithful and holding me and um, walking with me and teaching me. It's been amazing and honing me and sharpening me and refining me. But to come back into union with that little girl who feels safe to sing her song, to sing, we're all one. And you can laugh at me and throw sticks at me, but I don't care because I know who you are. You're love and I'm love and we're in this together. Like to come back into that joy and know that, yes, we have Jesus. He came here in tangible form. So we have a way to follow. But the way to follow is into this vast, incredible love that's already in us. It's already in us. It's already who we know. It's the song we came into this world singing. So to me, it was like this marriage of finite and infinite. And yeah, for me, the surrender and just knowing love is guiding every breath. Love is the foundation of this world. That whatever is happening for me and to me and with me and for everyone around me is actually love and that I can rest in that. I'm so excited. I'm really excited. And I'm, I also feel like, yeah, let's do more A schools. Let's do more B schools. Let's, <laughs> let's do it, let's do it. Let's just be in his presence in this party all the time. Let's dance and love and hug each other and be the joy that we're created to be. Let's change the world by loving each other. Michael. Uh, a lot of you don't know me yet. I am officially a Nelsonate as of last Friday. <laughs> so, uh, the Lord has blessed me with a wonderful family that I'm going to be coming into and uh, marrying Jenna on October 12th. Um, he also blessed me by allowing in a very last minute decision to move here and attend this A school, uh, which I didn't really know what to expect. I hadn't done any ministry of any kind, any ministry schools or anything. And uh, I didn't have an expectation. I had read Ancient Roads, uh, and I really loved the book, and there was tons of great revelation in there, so I was, I was happy to be there, but I didn't have any expectations of what I would be getting. Uh, but a little bit of my story. I've only been a Christian as of a little over a year ago. Uh, all of my life I had rejected it. And uh, I was raised in a religious family, but there was just something in me that was like, no, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, religious people are brainwashed. They have no idea what's going on. Uh, they are just, you know, won't think of their eyes, all that stuff all my life. Uh, but then I had an experience where talked to somebody and we had a lot of the same beliefs about religion and I left kind of going, well, why do we believe all the same things and come to the complete opposite conclusion? And either that night or the night after, I don't remember which actually, I just finally opened my heart and I knelt down in front of my bed and I wasn't actually saying it to anyone or anything, but I just said, what am I missing? And in my mind, I saw God's hand, and I felt him smile, and I felt him 
quarter of love engineering. And all of that just totally transformed reality in a single moment. And from that time, my life has been a complete story of transformation. I don't think of it that way. I think of it as a love story, but it has completely changed how I see everything. Uh, and uh, a lot of things that I knew were explained to me in A school, and it started to make a lot more sense. But it wasn't until the end of the week when I realized that everything was happening up here, and just little parts were starting to drop down here. And uh, it was actually just yesterday that God said it to me in a very beautiful way. He said, Michael, you didn't come to me because of what you knew here. All your life you rejected me because of what you knew here. It took learning from here and it going the other direction for things to change. So now I'm trying to not learn the Bible with this, but learn it with this. testimonies I felt to a new level. They didn't water them down. And I think that helped us um, really from day one. Uh, I don't use, just like I said to them, I didn't, I don't use this term loosely when I say it was one of the best weeks of my life. 
from the first session to the last, every session, every soap, every ministry, I walked away with something. Something had changed, something was taken, something was learned, something was felt. Um, I've always, like a lot of you were, you know, like we talked about the love of Jesus and what he did. My, mine, I always knew I had God with me growing up. I, I grew up Catholic, but I just knew I had God and he was there. But things changed, like I said, three and a half years, four years ago when I started coming here. Um, you know, I felt a lot of great things sitting right there where I do every week that I'm here. I feel the presence and all that stuff. But this was different. Um, I'll try and be quick here. Sorry. Good. The course, it's not course, the school, um, like Jesse said, how do I do this? The grain of sand. That's what it is. So I'm not going to do it a lot of justice trying to explain it to you. I can tell you what I felt. I'm not going to give you a testimony of my life that would take too long. I won't give you a testimony of what happened in the school that would take too long. But what I'll say is it changed me every day, something every day. This is Marie, one of the guys she's talking about, I'm that guy. I can cry, but I suppress it sometimes, for sure. A big heart, sometimes that, I've always said that doesn't be, that can be a fault, it's not a fault. Um, I'm saying this, so, um, I came into that school, this is where I get vulnerable with you and I, I came to that school really broken. You know how we talk about social media, how people look on social media. I'm not a big Facebook guy, but imagine my life like Facebook. I was beat down. And it's a pity party, but I mean beat down. A couple weeks of you ago, you people in here that are close to me know, um, it had just come to an absolute crescendo. Like, imagine carrying Mount Everest on your back. I've worked since I was 12 years old, all over North America, and it didn't get me anywhere, I felt. It got me some memories and some moments. And, but just carrying the burden of everything in your life, it was part of what cost me my first marriage. Um, and what I learned is our parents had deficiencies in the way they taught. Guess what? I've got deficiencies in the way I parent, and the way I husband, and the way I am. And, but what it was is I was a people pleaser. My friends helped me, Michael and Cara, and I was talking to Bruce Cole to plant the seed of Father Hart over a year ago. And I was interested in it, but. I had really, my whole life was to take care of everybody. So I didn't do any of this with a, like, I'm not judging everybody, I need to be super clear here. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do drugs. I, like, what, like, why, man? I'm working, I'm working, look at me, I go, I'm taking care of my wife, my kids, my friends. Friends would come to me, brothers would come to me, hey man, I need help, you know, I'm going down, oh yeah, okay, 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 okay. But deep down, I was the guy that needed help, like, big help. When I say I was at my wits and rope, end of my rope two weeks ago, that's another testimony. Like, beat down, beat down. And yeah, the school changed me. So, not changed me, it's all storm, it's the wrong word, but it had a big impact. I drove out of here the first night, Saturday night, crying by the time I hit the road. I got home, I'm eating a sandwich. Life is good, my wife's in bed. Boom! Sink. Balling. Cry every day. And left with tears of joy on Saturday. Saturday. Going, you know what? I got 50 
friends. I got a foundation to work off of, which is what that's all about. And uh, yeah, I'll do this justice, but that's where I was at. So yeah, yeah. I know it changed everybody. And they tell us to sit on it, so it's tough to even share this. to explain or talk about what God was doing. I can't really put words to it. It's kind of like when you hear God's voice, it goes in here and comes up this way. And I feel like what happened was going in here and going this way. You know how they say your gut feeling, are you, and scientists are actually proving that there's you know nerve endings in our gut that we have feeling there. It's kind of moving this way. Um, I think going into this, uh, and maybe some other people are like this, you go into something like this not to receive love, but instead to go into these things to fix yourself. You're like, if I do this, I'll get fixed. And that can be a really fine line in our hearts and in our heads between fixing and healing. And we go into it being like, well, if I do this, I can fix myself. Because the way I interact with the world and the way I see the world and I react, and it's wrong. And so if I do this, I'll get fixed. So not, and so you go in, not expecting to receive love, but to be able to just be better in the world, which you're open to receive love and receive God's love. That's where all that healing will come from. And I think this week, you know, a lot of about, it's like, why would we want to receive love considering how we were taught love was as a child from not our parents' fault, but having to look at that and I think Friday evening, I was kind of like, I feel, I feel kind of like hungover without the headache. Someone described a turkey dinner, but you know those like nights maybe where you like had a few too many glasses of wine and you maybe shared too many of your secrets with a friend or maybe someone you didn't know and then you feel like, oh God, or just a little tender and open. I was kind of like having like a week long drug fest with God. <laughs> like you're, it's like God sees everything in our hearts and knows our hearts, but there's different, there's a difference when you're sitting there with him and it's there and you're sharing it with him openly. Um, and we kind of take our broken hearts and we wrap them in this like big cast. Like we have this cast and then we like get our crutches and we're like, I can do this ourselves. I can walk, I can walk. And it's kind of like, you know when you like unravel the cast and your like hand or your leg is like really pale and you got all this like weird hair and you don't know how to use it? It's 
kind of like that is what's going on in here. Um, we had, uh, growing up, I'm uh, like a second generation, so my grandparents are from Holland, and we had this saying growing up, he's a kid today. So if we like bumped our toe or hit our head or like fell, like my dad would say, oh, he's a kid did it, which meant God did that. So it was like, God did that to punish you because you must have done something wrong. And so, um, but then also in that, I was thinking about this and that saying, it's not only like, it's, are you being punished for something wrong, but there's something in that that's telling you, you deserve your pain. And if you have pain, it's your fault, you, or you deserve it. And, you know, and unraveling our ideas of love and under, getting closer to understanding, which, like some small stand of understanding what God's true love is, and we can know that we don't actually deserve our pain, and that's not what God wants for us. Amen. So, yeah, that's <laughs> some of the things that's going on. Wherever you are, 
any moment that you just you just connect with the Father heart of God. It happens, and you know, I mean, just a few weeks ago, uh, right after that crazy windstorm we had, Troy was up here on stage. He said that a big tree fell on their shed or something like that, and he just goes, "Thank you, Jesus." And you know why? Because that's what that's what a, a child of the Most High God would say. Because you just trusted Him so much, and He didn't go to the Father Heart School. He just spends time with His Father. So just know, it's all coming for you. I also was not at the school. Um, those, some of you will know that I spent this last month um, dealing with a medical emergency. Um, the last long weekend, I ended up in hospital in Nelson, and the doctors there said I had a detached retina and needed immediate surgery. And it couldn't be done here, I had to fly to Vancouver. Well, by the time I got to Vancouver, there was a lot of people praying for me, and it was downgraded from a detached retina to detached vitreous, which heals by itself and doesn't need surgery. I believe that that prayer is what healed my eye. I'm still not seeing clearly. There's still a lot of fuzziness in my vision, but it's healing bit by bit. And I believe that the reason it wasn't the more serious retinal detachment is because my brothers and sisters here, you were praying for me. And God was loving me through that. So the funnest part for me at the school was when we up here when we danced and uh, it was in the morning it wasn't even like a nighttime dance <laughs> and my dad was here and you know uh, I've never been able to dance in front of my dad you know you really have to kind of like go something to dance for me <laughs> I feel like you know he was there and he was just sitting here but man I think I was so free and to dance and whether he was there or not made no difference and um, the only other thing that I can feel is my testimony is that, you know, in fact, you don't want to get up here because I'm like, what I have to say is that um, there's nothing to do. I don't have, I don't, it's just a deeper continuum. I've been on this journey for years. My first day of school was a year ago. And it's just a continual revelation of, I don't have to do anything to be significant and to be loved. And so I would say that, if anything, uh, I just feel like that's, I thought I got that before this day school, but I feel like I have that even more. So I don't know if that's something like love, like there's never any, I don't know. <laughs> so it's super weird feeling. And my significance is um, that I'm loved.
want to share with you that um, you're right. Like this is just so God meets us where we're at and wherever we're at. And we just had the uh, misfortune of my youngest daughter delivering a stillborn baby boy. And she's 22, very young couple. And um, so the night of the cremation of the baby, service today um, coming to this table and uh, just by singing and celebrating God's goodness and I know there's a lot of other stories out there and um, stories of people who are not at the school because God's at work whether you're at the school or not uh, God's love is shining on you this is God inviting you to this table the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body given for you. Take this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the sign of the new covenant sealed by my blood. Drink this in remembrance of me. Whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup proclaims the Lord's death until he comes. And, um, and this is a meal. Uh, you have meals around special relationships when you go on a date with somebody when the family comes over and and God is provi uh, presiding at this table inviting you to come to taste of him to experience him to be touched by his love and his grace and so as we sing this last song uh, you're just welcome to come up at any time and you take the bread and take the cup and you can just partake uh, on your own time it's just you and God so uh, let's just spend this time